You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the week four episode of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me this week is my ever-present, ever-amazing co-host, Mr. Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Can't believe it's week four already. I know, it's amazing to think we're a month in already, four games down, it's just flying by. Before we know it, we'll be sat at the Legends Cup final, man, it's crazy. Oh, bring it on. Now, not only am I joined this week by young Marcus, we also have two very special guests joining us later on the show. Both from the Atlanta Steam, we have the 2014 Rookie of the Year, Dakota Hughes, and we also have the 2014 Coach of the Year, Coach Dane Robinson, joining us later on the show. What do you think about those guests, Marcus? That's a lot of award winners right there. There's some uh, star power right there. Absolutely. And with that, we move on to some news. Here is the news. The first item I want to bring up in the news this week is the addition to the Atlanta steam of young Jane Caldwell, who, if you're a fan of the league, you may remember the first season of LFL Australia. Jane Caldwell was quarterback for the Queensland Brigade, my favourite team in LFL Australia, just to put that in there as well. She is, uh, as I say, signed for the Atlanta steam as a free agent, so great to think that the players from Australia are coming over into America as well. It's that unity of the, the leagues that are all coming across. You know, it's not just a, an American league, it's a global league. Indeed, a global sport. Also, we've seen the viewing figures for the first couple of weeks of the LFL on views, getting over a million viewers each time. Great to see the league growing in such a way, Marcus. Yeah, you know it is. And, you know, we've got this media outlet now that Fuse TV is giving people that chance to interact with the sport. Um, it be via computer, TV, whatever it is. There's so much media out there now. At least people are getting to, to watch it and appreciate it. We also have... One of the wow clips from the YouTube channel, so that's youtube.com forward slash myLFL, and you will get to see the wow clip of Ali Alberts chugging a beer after being named MVP of the last game against Omaha Heart, a clip that went viral itself, and we will put a link to that in the show notes. And finally, just to let you know that the LFL are now going into production of their second DVD. Now, the first DVD will be due out in June this year. And the follow-up, Beauty and the Beast, will be following in the holiday period later in 2015. So, any more news to add to that, Marcus? Nope. Then we move on. This is Tony from Delicious in Hemel. If you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches, then come on down to us. We do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis. We can even discuss the LFL with you. So why don't you come and give us a try? And if you want some more details of our menu, see the links on the Legends Lounge page. We come on now to the game review itself between Omaha Heart and the Atlanta Steam, a game in which Atlanta won 62-0, so a slight improvement for the Heart there on the previous outing against the Steam. Now, before we say anything ourselves about the game, let's hear what Coach Allen had to say 
after the game. It's been a rough three weeks for us. Uh, three week, three games in a row is tough for any team, especially a rookie team. Um, it's been hard for us to recover from losing and losing and losing and then getting beat up and getting beat up and then having all the injuries we had. Um, tonight we had, you know, five girls go down. So that puts us at seven to play and then we're done. You know, they had to play hard and had to play positions they never played before. So the three-week stretch has made it difficult for us to train people and get them ready for the next game and get them ready for the next game, especially with them being rookies. Uh, it's just been a, a, a hard, hard three weeks for us. But we got a break. Um, this break is going to help us. We got some talent coming in, new girls coming in. We're recruiting. Um, so we'll be able to get the numbers up and, and help them out so they won't be, you know, um, playing every down. As Coach mentioned there, five injuries. Some of them we learned were pregame injuries, in particularly the biggest one being Ashley Amick, their quarterback, going down. So in the end, we ended up having several people playing the quarterback position because Jenna Holt, who came in to play quarterback, also looked like she pulled a hamstring on the first play as well. I mean, yeah, it just goes all from bad to worse for the heart. I mean, you you got backups being backups. I mean, they they even had their running back, Jessica Rip, having to sort of come in and play sort of bodger quarterback position. And, you know, fair play to them because they gave a real gutsy performance considering all the adversity that literally just got heaped on them. And I think the one thing I noted from the game this week, and I think we may have touched on it last week against Chicago, but again, they were a lot more physical at the line of scrimmage. And they actually had quite a few good rushes, and it seemed to be the biggest problem for them still is ball handling. They definitely need to work on their fumbles and the bad snaps, which were very costly again. There was a bad snap on the punt, which ended up leading to Atlanta taking the ball over on the one-yard line. It's just craziness. Yeah, and those things are going to come. And again, they're learning curves. But you know what? Yes, you're right. There were positives. Let's focus on them. There were some great run plays. They were aggressive. They attacked at at the point of the run. And they, they actually managed to throw a couple of decent blocks. But you know what? Steam did what they do, and you know what? They are so fast to close. You might have that gap open for a second or two. Bang! Door is just slammed shut. Absolutely just 100% aggressive. And, you know, they came. They didn't relent for the entire game. You know, there wasn't a second where they weren't trying to either claw, bite, just completely shut down the heart. And, and as you saw, they did it 62 nil. I mean, even when the heart had a few encroachments towards their goal line you know they managed to find a way to rip the ball out you know stop the heart dead in their tracks and um, give their offense a chance to go and score some points and the break that Omaha have now I think it's going to work wonders for their team give them a little bit of time to to recoup to get people that are injured back in the fray and just give them that extra coaching time to work on the fundamentals and once they've got that down It'll, they'll have an interesting game when they come back in a few weeks' time. And I think it's it's going to come. It's going to get there. You know, give it some time. Have faith, Heart fans. Your team needs you right now. Get behind them. Absolutely. Stick with them because the only way is up. And next game day, remember, anything can happen on any given Sunday. Pun very much intended. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but coming on to Atlanta and Obviously, with the guests we've got later on in the show, we'll probably leave a lot of how the game went to them because they were they were there. They, they have a better yeah. understanding of these things, you know. But again, we saw the partnership between Lauren Ziegler and Dakota Hughes coming to the forefront. Oh, the athleticism between those two, the connection. 
it's yeah it's just such a great tandem to watch and it's just churning out points left right and center yeah and there was a couple of plays actually Lauren Ziegler really impressed me there was one it got called back for a penalty but in the first half there was a rush where there's a bad exchange between her and Dakota Hughes she managed to pick up the ball about five yards behind the line of scrimmage about I'd say about 15 20 yards out picked up the fumble and still managed to break back, cut back and run it into the end zone. A real shame that it got pulled back for a penalty. Lauren is a phenomenal athlete. And you know what? I've noticed as well, Dakota has really upped her game, her athleticism. We saw a couple of them where, you know, a couple of bad snaps, some quarterbacks, they, you know, they're taking a sack from that. And you know what? She was finding a way to exploit it, make positive yards. And in one occasion, I'm pretty sure bad snap on a, an extra point and she goes and runs it in and get, gets the extra point. Boom easy yeah again that was in the first half as well wasn't it i do remember that as well just made it look effortless almost but what do you reckon mark there's very much more to add from us because i say we've got two great guests on the show and i'm sure our fans would much rather listen to young dakota hughes and, and coach robinson so shall we leave our game recap there yeah i just want to put one other thing in because of course we mentioned that jane caldwell Started this game, first one for the steam, and you know what? She played amazingly, mainly at sort of running back. I tell you what, just from this one game, they've picked up a great addition. Excellent. So coming out of her natural position as quarterback to play running back there. Absolutely. And you know what? She's aggressive, attacking. You know what? There's there, <laughs> there's, there's points all over the field uh, when it comes to Atlanta. You're going to see a lot of touchdowns. Steam fans, you're going to be very happy. I know it's not an NFL nickname, but I do have one for Naz Johnson that's slightly unrelated, but she's almost becoming Naz Extra Point Johnson, isn't she? Oh, man, she's got some light in feet, though. I mean, she's just so quick. That run in the second half just obliterated everything. You know what? Naz Johnson, Jane Caldwell, you've still got Adrian Pinnell there. You've got Sigla, uh, Dakota. Oh, there's just there is a smorgasbord of offensive talent. And you know what? If they can just keep attacking, churning up the points, other teams just will not be able to keep up. And boom, good thing is going to happen. And I don't think I need to add any more to that. So let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> I just want to be given the chance. You were the pioneers that built women's football. The opportunity to succeed. Or even to fail. You are the league of their own. You ain't got no chance to redeem yourself. This is it! The LFL on Fuse. Saturdays, starting April 18th. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our first guest this week, the one, the only, Rookie of the Year for 2014 and quarterback for the Atlanta Steam, Dakota Hughes. Welcome to the show, Dakota. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Now, before we get into the main interview itself, please can I ask you to describe to our listeners what you were doing before joining the league and also who or what inspired you to start playing in the LFL? Well, um, before I joined the LFL, I was playing intramural flag football at my college and um, a girl on my team just happened to play for this team called the Atlanta Steam. And um, I had no idea what the team was. I had no idea what the LFL was. And, you know, at first I was kind of skeptical just because, you know, it was something huge that I'd never done before. And, um, you know, with further 
talking with her and hearing so much about it. It was it was so interesting to me. And I thought, you know what, I'll try it if I don't make it. You know, I, at least I tried something new. And, um, you know, I, I made the team and, you know, it's it's been an, an incredible journey. And I'm so glad to be on it. And with the flag football background you speak of there, is quarterback a position you played for flag as well or and something you've always been interested in? Yes, being quarterback has been something that, I've always, you know, done, I've always thrown the football, you know, I pretty much have been throwing since I could walk. And, um, it's been something that's so interesting to me because I never had the opportunity to do that, like play at an organized level. You know, it was always just something I throw in the yard or throw in the street with my dad. And, um, he, he's, he's the reason that I can throw the way I can is he taught me how to throw a spiral. He taught me you know, proper technique. So it kind of just went from there. And in high school, I got to play four years of just flag football. It was just one day a year. You know, it was the, it was the highlight of my high school career because it was the only time I could play a sport that I love so much. So I played quarterback in that all four years. And then, you know, with a few weeks that I played in the intramural at my college, it was a co-ed team, but I was still the quarterback there. Then I've played quarterback for the Atlanta team for two years now. And it's just something that I love doing because such a dominant role. And it's something that I love doing because I love that leadership role. And I love that, you know, that I could look to my left and look to my right and in front of me and behind me and know that I have the girls that I do and their support system. So they make my job much easier. And uh, it's awesome to have them around me. And from the quarterback point of view as well, is there anyone in the NFL that you would say you look up to or you try to be like or emulate with your performances? In the NFL, it would definitely be Peyton Manning. He's one of the reasons that I chose the number that I have. He is definitely somebody that, you know, obviously I will never be on his level ever. But if I could just emulate just some of the things that he does, it would be so beneficial to me as a as a quarterback because he's not only a player on the field but he's a coach out there as well and you can just see in the way that he commands the team you know that the Denver Broncos that is Peyton's team and the way that he commands the offense and the way that he carries himself it's just something that you know not many quarterbacks in in history have ever done what he has done and you know the the drills that they do and uh, in practices that I, I that I research, and it's just like the things that he does. It's it's on another level, and his caliber of play is just something that blows me away. And if I could be like a fourth of the quarterback he is, then I'll be set. But you know, I'm always striving to get better. But I love Tom Brady as well. You know, there's there's so many quarterbacks out there that you know I love certain things about. But if I could be a quarterback, it would definitely be Peyton Manning. Okay, well, it was, it was almost going to get a bit awkward there because I'm not sure if you've heard but we've been giving players nicknames or trying to give them NFL nicknames this year and the one we'd come up with for yourself just based on your sort of late game um, leadership and, and the ability to bring your team back and we'd gone with Dakota Brady Hughes so I'm not sure how you feel about that I mean I like Tom Brady so that's awesome I mean he did just win a Super Bowl so um, no I really like Tom Brady but um, you know you, you might want to change it to Dakota Manning Hughes maybe I don't know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Marcus, what do you think there? Do you think we can change that one? I, I think that's well within the rules too. <laughs> Excellent. So last year was your rookie year and also a big year for yourself, Dakota, with first season in the league, getting that injury to your wrist and still managing to, to win the game. 
getting to the Legends Cup final, winning Rookie of the Year. Could you maybe sum up for us the range of emotions you would have gone through during that year? It was an incredible year. It started out, you know, I was 18 years old coming into this league and, you know, I, I just come out of high school. And so I hadn't really experienced many things in the real world, I guess you'd say. And so I was, you know, my coaches say now they were like, you, we watched you, we've watched you grow from an 18 year old girl to a 20 year old woman. And it's just, and it's just been such a time of growth for me and maturity for me. And that's all because of the people that I've been surrounded by, um, for two years now. And it's, it's been incredible to, to be on this journey with such amazing people and coming into this, I never realized like the team aspect of, you know, certain sports. And, um, like I played softball in high school and that was a lot of fun for me. And I didn't really have that, like this whole support system by the team. Um, I mean, it was so much fun in high school, but I get to, I got to playing football and there was one instance where, um, something happened and I really needed support and I walk into practice and, the whole team just gathered around me and just, it was such an emotional moment for me because I realized then that it was more than football. It was an instance where I realized that we were a family and I had never been a part of a team where that had happened. At that moment on, I realized those girls had my back no matter what was happening. From then on, it was, it, it turned for me and it made me realize that we had so much more in common than just playing football. We were sisters and we were a family. I, I love them so much more. And when you have that bond with your teammates and you step onto the field, you know, when you look to your left and you look to your right, those girls have your back and it makes something so special on the field when you can connect the way that you can. It's incredible. We had an awesome team last year. And this year, I thought it was maybe going to be different because of the people that we lost or the first year is always different than the second year, especially uh, when you do lose those people or gain new rookies and stuff. And um, this team is is even more special. And I can't thank the girls and the coaches enough for the whole year that I had my first year because it was something that I'll never forget. It was such an awesome journey. And I I'm so glad that uh, we're rolling with it. It's awesome. And you speak of your support system there and and the, your teammates. And what I would perhaps call perhaps the head of the family is Coach Dame Robinson. What's he like to, to play for and what's his coaching style like? I have never played for a coach that has put more into it than all of us combined. I mean, his, he is the most amazing coach, the most amazing head coach that I've ever played for. Even the other coaches... They'll, they'll say all the time, I, I couldn't do what this man does. They were like, if I was the head coach, it wouldn't be this way because he puts so much into this program and he makes it so special for us. And he knows that we haven't played this, this sport our whole life. To have someone put so much into this, it makes you want to be a better player because you see all the time that he spends watching film, breaking it down for us that way. He knows when we watch film, he's like, he already knows what play is coming. And it makes it so much easier for us to know that we have someone who supports us so much and who cares about us, not only as a player, but as a person as well. You know, I can honestly call him my big brother and he is the most 
amazing person. There's a reason that he won coach of the year. And, you know, there's been a lot of controversy of, you know, why he won and why other people didn't win. But when you play for him and you see how much he truly cares about you as a player and a person, it's hands down. You're like, no wonder why he won coach of the year. And so to be able to play for someone like Dane Robinson, I call it a blessing because, you know, some of the girls uh, in the LFL might not have had the coach that cared so much like Dane does. And he truly is the reason we are the team that we are right now. And I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for us. I'm sure he feels that the same way as well about your players. And we've got the opportunity to actually speak to him later on in the show. How was um, Coach Robinson involved with the addition of the new players you have this year? You've brought in a few players from Jacksonville in, in Adrian Pennell, Lauren Ziegler, Dina Wojowski. Was he involved in that? And how have they settled into the team, bearing in mind what happened in Jacksonville last year? Well, I do know that they reached out to those girls and asked if they were interested in playing. And I actually didn't even know about this until, you know, a couple of weeks into the year. So I heard that he reached out to them and uh, they were kind of skeptical. And then they were like, yeah, we'll come out to um, to the first practice. And so we were all kind of hesitant, of course, because we all know what happened after the Eastern Conference Championship. At this point, before our first practice, it was kind of like the Atlanta team with the new additions to, from the Jacksonville Breeze. And then they walk in and, you know, I was going to be super supportive because I, they are, they're driving seven hours and um, just to play a sport that we're all so passionate about. So, you know, I was, I was coming in with open arms and so was the rest of the team, but we were kind of skeptical as to how each person would kind of fit in and uh, react because of all this, the things that happened. And, um, you know, I was kind of surprised. It was funny. I tell her all this. I tell, I've told her this before, but. Dina on the field is a completely different person than who she is off the field. So um, my experience with her on the field, I was a little nervous at meeting her at first and she was the nicest person. And I was like, I was thinking, I was like, that's strange. You're completely different. But um, no, it was, it was an incredible experience because we kind of just put it all behind us of what happened. And when we just kept moving on and um, you know, having them as a part of our team is something that we didn't have last year they bring such an intensity and passion and fire to this team. And, you know, it, you can't help but want to be a better player when you have those girls surrounded by you. And, um, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have them and they have definitely turned our team in a new direction for the better. And, um, I'm so lucky and grateful to have gotten to know them and, uh, be able to play with them in looking so forward to winning a championship with them for the first time. We come on now to the game against Omaha from Saturday night. And I have to ask, how have you found the first two games against Omaha, bearing in mind the, the transition they're in and all the rookies they've got? How do you prepare for a game like that? And do you find yourself at times switching off when the score starts to rattle up? Well, at first, um, when we were preparing for them, we obviously had no game film on them. And um, so we were watching a lot of film from last season because when you have a head coach, the same head coach, you know, the scheme is going to be pretty much the same or maybe just a little different. So uh, we were watching game film from last season. And um, obviously that was my first game that I ever played was against Omaha. So I was 
you know, they were critiquing me more mainly than against the Omaha defense. So we were correcting things that I, that we had seen that I was doing wrong in the first game. And because we couldn't really do much with the, what we were expecting from them. So um, during the game, you know, we, we scored 21 points after the first quarter and uh, our goal for that game, the first time we played them was to just come out swinging basically and just score and score and score and not let up. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I learned a lot more about myself from that first game this season with them because I have never been in that situation where um, we were up by so much. And so I have been more heavily critiqued, I guess you'd say, by my coaches um, based on my performance. You know, some people will be like, oh, you guys won by 70 something points. Um, you know, you, you basically did everything right. And that's exactly our mo- what our motto was not. We got so critiqued that game. And that's so, that's something that we need because there's always something that you could do better. And that was our coach's motto when we were watching game film. And I got corrected by on a lot of things. You know, it, it made me realize what kind of player I have to be in those type of situations. Because obviously, we're not going to play down to our opponent. You know, we've been criticized saying we're classless or, you know, whatever. But we don't really care about what people think about how we play because we're just going to play ball the way that we want to. And, you know, if you don't like it, we don't really care. And so... We, we came with that mentality, uh, this, the, this past Saturday night, um, when we played them, you know, we, we started out pretty good and then it just kind of fell off on the offensive side of the ball. And at halftime, we had to make some corrections. You know, we didn't care. We were up by almost 30 points at halftime. We were, we were striving for perfection coming into that game and we weren't getting the job done on the offensive side of the ball. And that was coming from me. So, I had to make a bunch of corrections at halftime. You know, I had to, we had to get all the team together back on the same page. And so our goal coming into the third quarter was just to get back playing Atlanta team football. And that's what we did. And we carried out the second half exactly how we should have played in the first half. But, you know, some things happen and, uh, it's not always going to go your way. But, um, so we, we were trying to prepare for Chicago as best we can, especially this upcoming week, because it's going to be a heavyweight battle. And, um, you know, we're going to watch a lot of film as usual and uh, prepare the best we can for a, a, a strong opponent. I'm going to bring in Marcus now, because I'm sure you have a question or two, perhaps even about this upcoming weekend for Dakota, sir. Yes. Uh, hi, Dakota. Hi. The first one actually works off perfectly with what you were just saying. Now, with a year under your belt, is there anything new you do this year compared to last year? that you maybe condition your body to try and stave off the injuries or the game film, as you mentioned. Is there a particular new way that you found your training or preparing yourself than you did last year? Um, I'm definitely taking uh, working out a lot more seriously this year. Uh, I had never worked out before playing in this league. I was in high school and, you know, I didn't really have, you know, have the desire to work out. And um, when I went to tryouts and I saw all the girls, uh, bodies, I was like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta get on another level real quick. So, um, I, uh, I started working out last season and, um, you know, you, you can't start working out and expect immediate results. So, um, with a year of working out under my belt, I definitely feel stronger this year, working out a lot more intensely than I was last season. Um, just because I kind of know more about my body and more about what to expect and what to do. Um, so I'm definitely taking training a lot more seriously because we do have, we do have a lot more games 
And, um, you know, four games in five weeks in the LFL is something that's tough. And that's our, that's been our schedule. So um, I've been trying to keep my body up in um, top shape because, you know, if I go down, um, it's, it's not good news for our team. And so, um, I'm going to try and I'm, I'm trying, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to keep, uh, my body up as best I can. You know, Lauren Ziegler, uh, is probably the hardest working athlete on our team. She does CrossFit five days a week. So, um, definitely trying to get on her level as, uh, intense workouts go. But, um, you know, in this league, you got to prepare your body as best you can. And mentally on that side, I've been watching a lot more film. Um, and, you know, I've learned how to watch film properly as a football player, not as a fan. And, um, you know, this year we've watched a lot more film than we ever have. And that goes a long way because you realize that, you know, certain things that you do in the game, you may think you do, but you don't. And so film doesn't lie. And so you get to see yourself and you get to make corrections and you get to see, you know, how to break down a certain defense from the quarterback's perspective. I get to see how to break down a certain defense for this certain formation or tendencies that a defensive line or any any defensive player may do or see tendencies in myself. You know, it, it really helps having Dane as a defensive coordinator because he tells me when you do certain things like this, I know what you're about to do. And as a defensive coordinator, I would do this and, and do this and make you play zone or, you know, he would, he would tell me the things that he would do, uh, if he was to play me. And so having someone like that, uh, you know, tell me things that he would scheme against. It makes me be able to fix the little things and correct the little things. So defenses can't pick up on that. And, um, I'm, I, I work really hard to, you know, make my weaknesses. Um, my strengths and, and that comes through preparation and um, always wanting to get better and always just being coachable because our coaches know exactly what they're talking about and they just want the best for us. So um, definitely trying to prepare myself physically and mentally um, in a whole new way this year and um, so far so good but always room for improvement for sure. Oh thank you that is that's quite an insight action. I hope anyone who's thinking about being a, a budding um athlete or, or quarterback just like yourself I hope they take notes but um, for my second question um, bit of a fun one um, just to, to liven up um, so the draft has has just gone on and in the perfect world um, who would you love to get a call for what team would you love to get a call for to say we want you at the training camp um, and we want you to start quarterback for us in the, in the perfect world who would you like the phone call from um, honestly I would love to uh, be with the Denver Broncos just so I could work with Peyton Manning. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I could work with him, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine being the second or third string quarterback just because of the insight and all of the, 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 the learning aspects you would get from Peyton Manning. You know, when you, when you're a second or third string quarterback behind Peyton Manning, you know that your time is going to come because, you know, this is probably going to be his last year. So, you know, just to be able to, to listen and watch and, um, see all the practices in person and, um, you know, and when you hear how he watches film, it, it's just something that I've always wanted to know, how, like how they, how they run practice and, 
kind of be a fly on the wall. So if I was to do that, it would definitely be um, just the it would be the Denver Broncos, just so I could watch and learn from Peyton Manning. Manning best watches back then. It seems that like you're gunning for him. <laughs> yeah, you know, if 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 I could be Peyton Manning, that would be incredible. He's he's. Uh, in my opinion, the best quarterback in, in NFL history. So, um, to be able to watch him play is, is something that, you know, it's, it's not going to be there forever. And, you know, I have, I have a jersey. I had, I've been a fan of his since I was tiny, little, little girl. I, um, I have a jersey of his from when he was in the Colts and, um, I had to go get one when he played for the Broncos just because, you know, that's something that's going to be, worth something one day because of how special of a player that he is. And so, um, like I said before, if I could emulate him, um, I think we'd be set. I think we may have to save the uh, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning debate for uh, another day because I think that would be a great one. I'd like to to have you f- with you from the sounds of your uh, the way you look up to Peyton Manning there. But just to finish off, looking ahead to the big game against Chicago on Sunday, they're almost like becoming your bogey team now with, with the two losses. How do you prepare to beat them and what do you think you need to do as a team to to beat Chicago this weekend? Well, it definitely hurts that, um, you know, Chicago is the only team that I've lost to in the LFL and it definitely stings every time that it happens. You know, the first time we lost by six, the second time we lost by three. So we're cutting that deficit down, but it's still, it's something that drives me more than anything because I hate losing more than anything. You know, any competitor can say that, but to prepare against Chicago, it's obviously from our defensive side of the standpoint is to stop Chris Dell and, um, they're, they, they, uh, they've been using the Y inside a lot. We've watched so much game film on them. You you know what's coming. They haven't changed their game plan at all. You know, Keith Hack is is a smart coach. You know, he sees what works in the games and he sees what doesn't and he and he fixes it on the spot. From an offensive standpoint, they know what's coming. You know, it, it's pretty obvious what we're gonna do. And uh, you know, I've broken down their defense uh many times. I've seen you know, the switches they've made from last year to this year, even though they still have the same girls, they kind of switched uh, the safety corner position. And I know exactly why. And it's, um, you know, so I'm, I'm expecting some changes from the defensive standpoint, just based on um, how our games have gone since then. But, um, you know, we're prepared. Uh, we've we've watched a ton of game film and both teams, you know, this will be our third time playing them in less than a year. So we all know each other. We're getting to know each other pretty well on the field. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. It's going to be an outdoor game, uh, afternoon game. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a different game for us, but that's not going to change how we're going to play. And I'm I'm very excited, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna walk away with a win this time. We're working really hard for it, and uh, we're excited to get after it again. That's the best way to round up the interview. Great positive outlook on the game ahead there for Sunday. So on behalf of myself and Marcus Dakota, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You'll have a good one. The world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube. Legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. 
Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms inside the huddle. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. And full-length games in high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL Action. We now welcome our second guest onto the show, and he is none other than the 2014 LFL Coach of the Year and Coach of the Atlanta Steam, Coach Dane Robinson. Welcome to the show, Coach. What's up? Long time listener, first time caller. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Oh, you know what? Pleasure's all mine, man. Yeah, I've been listening to you guys for the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's it's been interesting listening and hearing you guys. You guys are very, very entertaining. So uh, you guys have gotten me through a lot of uh, traffic jams here in Atlanta. Oh, brilliant. Well, that's always great to get the feedback and great to have such a, an important fan on our books as well there. Now, Coach, please can I ask you to advise our listeners a little bit about your coaching background and who or what it was that inspired you or got you involved in the LFL? Yeah, my coaching background. Honestly, uh, not too many people know this. Um, I never had a desire to to be a coach. I never had a desire to be a head coach uh, in, in this league or just in general. Um, I do like educating and kind of, you know, teaching people, but this is never on my radar of things to do. Um, the previous head coach, uh, you know, uh, you know, had a great first season. And for us, uh, you know, he moved on into a different direction. Um, I got a vote of confidence from uh, the league and the players to kind of step up into that role because uh, our first season, uh, I was just a, an assistant coach coaching the offensive and defensive line. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, it was this opportunity was presented to me. Um, and I kind of, you know, hung up my cleats at that point because I was playing professional arena football uh, at that point and decided to kind of go into this venture. And uh, here we are. And, you know, I didn't know what kind of coach I was really going to be. You know, I didn't know whether I was going to be kind of a player's coach or, you know, kind of a, a hard ass. I, you know, I, I think I try to mix the both. But um, all I do is really just kind of uh, replicate what I've seen successful teams and what successful coaches do. And, you know, for, for me, it was back in Buffalo, uh, under head coach Turner Gill, but then also looking at other coaches, uh, that, you know, that just win, uh, whether it be NBA from Phil Jackson and, you know, to the NFL where, you know, I'm a Baltimore Ravens guy. So I, I'm a big fan of John Harbaugh and his, uh, his, you know, kind of direct, uh, you know, aggressive, but players, uh, coach kind of style. So that, that here we are now. I've got a great question lead off from that then. Dane, would you say that has developed your sort of coaching philosophy, all those experiences to, to what you are, one are now? Does it derive that philosophy or do you just sort of ride the sort of flow with it? Yeah, I think it does where, you know, I feel like I'm an average of all those, uh, coaches I've been inspired by and I've had an opportunity to be kind of coached, uh, under, um, so to speak. And, you know, also what kind of goes into the mix is, that, uh, you know, I think I'm the youngest, if not, uh, one of the youngest head coaches, uh, in this league. Uh, and I'm not too far removed from actually, uh, playing the sport at a professional level. So a lot of, uh, the fire that people may see in my LFL persona, um, is, uh, kind of replicated a lot from who I was on the field and, uh, was a very kind of no nonsense, kind of crazy, uh, aspect and very competitive person, uh, from a defensive mindset. And it's translated very, very, uh, apparently in, uh, my coaching style, especially when we get into games. But, um, I'm a big proponent of care for your players as people first care 
better for these players as women first and then football players second. And I think it's helped create a great dynamic and has gotten uh, these ladies to buy in to uh, my philosophy and, you know, my, my structure of things and really uh, push this team forward. And I think with that coach, a lot of the players we've interviewed this year, they seem to, they definitely seem to be buying into your philosophy there as being the, um, being the, the player's coach. And maybe you could just give us a, a brief insight into what a day in the life of a, an LFL coach is and particularly your, your routine. Oh man, uh, everybody, uh, kind of thinks it's the most glamorous aspect, especially, uh, you know, uh, fellas. You know, be like, oh man, can I be the water boy or something like that uh, for, for the Atlanta team? And you know, uh, um, I, I always say that my the ladies they they clean up incredibly well. They're beautiful, attractive women that play football at a high level. But from uh, LFL coaches standpoint, um, you know, you, you see them uh, at their quote unquote uh, dingiest, so to speak. Uh, they're not glammed up for practice. You know, it's uh, still kind of rough, tough practice where you know, uh, no makeup, um, sweat. You know, hair all, you know, all over the place. Uh, you talk about a lot of, uh, you know, feminine problems. Um, you know, it might be that time of the month or whatever. So it's not <laughs> the most, I'm being very real here. It's not the most uh, glamorous deal, uh, behind the scenes, but, um, you know, for, for me on a weekly basis, it's, um, say this week, uh, it's getting, you know, our, my word of the week for, uh, for this team and getting our mind right. It's setting our practice schedule. It's setting, uh, getting film clips out to these ladies, making sure what our practice schedule is derived of all the way through, uh, you know, the weekend as far as our travel schedule or if we're at home, what our home schedule it is. It's a lot of scheduling, a lot of organization. Uh, and then when I'm in the moment, uh, when we're actually, you know, going through football, um, it's just making sure that I, I delegate properly to my assistant coaches what they need to do, um, what, you know, any communication from my players as far as, you know, hey, here's where we messed up at. Here's what we need to get better at. Uh, and it's just keeping this unit together. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of having everybody together. Um, we have a couple ladies in Tampa, a couple ladies in South Carolina, a handful here in Atlanta. So organization is key for us. Just want to quickly come back to last year with it being your rookie season as a, a head coach. You must have gone through quite a range of emotions and wondered if maybe you could give us your personal highlight from last season. Oh man, personal highlight last season, um, I believe uh, was, um, you know, it's funny where we, we stand at now, um, you know, having, uh, you know, Adrian Purnell and Lauren Ziegler and Dina all, you know, playing for the Atlanta team was definitely overcoming that, that big game uh, last year in the Eastern Conference Championship. Um, because I think a lot of people had counted us out. Um, I think a lot of people weren't and maybe you still aren't <laughs> sold on the Atlanta team for whatever reason. Um, but that was a, a big deal for us because it's one thing when you set a goal and you, this is what you're striving and trying to achieve. Uh, and that, you know, all your hard work becomes validated, uh, when you achieve that goal. All, all the, the long practices and the yelling from me and the, the time in the front room, uh, all of a sudden becomes, you know, uh, you know, worth it when you were able to kind of get over the hump. So definitely winning the Eastern Conference Championship, uh, maybe not in the dramatic fashion that we did, but uh, getting the job done was definitely a highlight. And, you know, taking that into these ladies, you know, having a great experience at Legends Cup. Now, we didn't get the job done, uh, obviously, last season, but uh, I think it definitely opened up the LFL world to, you know, the ladies uh, uh, that were on that team as far as what they could do, what they could aspire to, and what could they really get accomplished. So that was a, a big highlight of 2014 last year and coming on to those players from Jacksonville actually I know we've we've asked this a couple of times to both Dakota and to Lauren but just wanted to get your take on 
how that was like transitioning in three players from Jacksonville, bearing in mind how the game ended last year. Yeah, you know, it was definitely something once we got word that, uh, you know, Jacksonville was going to be discontinued uh, going into this season where we saw an opportunity, you know, to upgrade, you know, because that's always uh, the focus of any coach in any sport is, you know, you have to continue to find ways to help your team get better and, you know, upgrade talent in places where uh, you feel is going to be better suited. And, you know, at first, I think it was definitely um, a lot of buy-in. Like I said, they had to happen to me, obviously, the way things ended in 2014. Uh, between us and, you know, getting them to really understand of who I was, what my mission for them was and what their role on this team was going to be. And at the end of the day that I was going to uh, make no promises, but definitely coach them the same way. I feel like I, I try to coach everybody else. Uh, and for all those uh, ladies, I think it was they came in with a lot of raw football ability, but I think zero technique. And that was our challenge as coaches to teach them football. Um, you know, they have good raw ability, but to teach them the game that how we teach, uh, you know, the, the rest of these ladies. And I think we've been able to see a lot of the carryover in these last couple games uh, that they've been able to apply that technique. And then uh, I think it's allowed them to, uh, you know, reach a little bit higher uh, of their potential with considering this game. But, you know, the transition, you know, was what it was. We had to, you know, discuss the elephant in the room. And, you know, we all, you know, sucked it up when we moved on. And, you know, something to kind of laugh and joke about now. Coming on now to the game against Omaha from Saturday night, how do you prepare your team for a team that you'd beaten 79-0 a couple of weeks ago? You know, it's definitely a challenge mentally because, you know, complacency is a horrible disease, especially in the game of football. And, you know, uh, my message to the team, um, you know, a couple of times is, you know, it doesn't matter how many times, you know, we, we could beat. Uh, you know, a certain team, you know, a hundred times over. It's who's the best team within those three hours, you know, from, from 8 p.m. to, you know, 10, 30, 11 p.m. at night. Who is going to be the best team in those three hours? And that's all that matters because any given football game, uh, somebody, you know, will end up with a win or a loss, uh, just based off of execution and mistakes. So it's a, it really was about not playing down to our opponent, playing, you know, Atlanta steam, hard hitting, classy, quote unquote. <laughs> or class, I guess, uh, football and just not deviating to who we are as a team. Um, but it was definitely, it is definitely a, a mental, uh, aspect to it where you have to stay focused. You, you can't let complacency creep in because, uh, you know, to see, Omaha is still a step towards our bigger goal, which is being 2015 Legends Cup champions. And with Omaha in mind, is there any, advice you would give to coach Allen looking at the, the job he's trying to do there in rebuilding that team from with essentially a team of, of all rookies or people who've only had a, a small amount of experience in the league yeah you know um me, me and Dante you know we're, we're actually uh you know pretty, pretty cool you know outside of you know the LFL coaching world and um you know it, it's it's rough to, to see him obviously go through uh those struggles with you know having a, a rookie team and really trying to put all these people together and then injuries and everything like that and you know my, my advice to, to him is to, to stay the course and to continue to not deviate uh from his expectations because uh, at the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, he's had success in Omaha. Uh, and I think he knows, uh, really how to try to get the best out of his players. And it's really about, uh, you know, I guess if I'm talking to him through this show is, uh, to, to keep the foot on the gas. 
is to keep the foot uh, on the gas and really, like I said, continue to drive home his point that uh, his players do need to play at a high level. And, you know, for them, it comes down to fundamentals. But I think this was a growing uh, and learning experience for them, you know, in this three-week stretch. And I think it will teach them a lot about this league. It will teach them a lot about, uh, you know, the game of football. Uh, it teaches, you know, those, those ladies in Omaha a lot about themselves. But, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's going to have that uh, that ship, uh, you know, headed in the right direction, you know, once uh, they have a little bit of a break. But when it comes to competition and on the field, you know, kind of all bets are off. And, you know, we over here still have a job to do. That's completely fair enough. And with that in mind, actually having a job to do, we're going to come on now to the game coming up on Sunday against the Chicago Bliss. Now, it's outside in Toyota Park. Does that change your preparations at all with having to play outside as opposed to in the usual arenas? Um, a little bit. Um, I think we, we try to prep accordingly and we've had, you know, outdoor practices and, you know, now we're looking at the weather conditions a little bit more. Uh, you know, we're having, you know, Dakota definitely practice with a, a wet ball, just like, uh, Peyton Manning. Um, you know, really focusing on, you know, cause, you know, there's no secret that, uh, you know, we, we pride ourselves on being a, a passing attack kind of offense. So, you know, the, the wind might be a little bit blustery in Chicago. Um, there's no reason why they, you know, they don't call it the windy city um so i think that's something that we have to account for but that, at the end of the day uh we'll, we're going to execute our game plan uh you know uh, a lot better and you know perfection and you know those are things that we can't control whether it rains and it's cold or warm and hot and it doesn't matter it's football and football is a game of the elements and uh you know i pride myself on making sure our players are ready to compete no matter what the elements <laughs> And the big question, I suppose, John, I'm sure Marcus would like to hear an answer to as well, if we can, coach. And that would be, what would be your prediction for the game on Sunday? Oh, well, we're going to win. I mean, it's it's that it's that plain and that simple. Um, you know, I know there's, and here here's where it kind of strikes a chord with me. Um, you know, I, I hear all this talk about, well, I don't understand why Atlanta doesn't like Chicago and this, that, and third. I think let, let's call an ace of ace and spade of spade. They don't like us, and you know, we don't like them. You talk about respect issue. I don't think respect was given uh, when we were uh, playing them. Uh, you know, in uh, Legends Cup. Uh, last season, you know, they, they wrote us off like everybody else. Uh, I don't know what else, uh, there is to really say on that, but you know, this is, this is good old fashioned football. And, you know, we can talk about the classiness and the respect for the game and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, it's two teams that are going to line up and beat the crap out of each other. Uh, obviously we're hopefully within the game. Uh, it depends on whatever, you know, the, the darling little children of, uh, Chicago, you know, feel like they want to do, uh, you know, pregame or postgame or what. Whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, we're going to be in there. We're going to be ready to play football. And that's just my, my competitive nature. And, you know, we're, we're going to get the job done, period. Because, you know, uh, facts are facts. And I've said as many times, facts are facts. The Atlanta team are 0-2 against Chicago. And if we want to reach our potential uh, and, you know, really uh, claim what we feel uh, is ours, because we feel like we have the, the most talent, the best talent, you know, in the LFL, period. Uh, and that's no secret. We'll, we'll say that a thousand times over. Uh, we need to uh, overcome this little hurdle uh, in Chicago and we need to do it in their house because uh, they stole one, uh, you know, obviously from us when you were here in Atlanta. So we're, we're going to get the job done, period. And you've just reminded me there of something, Coach, actually in the Legends Cup last year. Now, it was something I was a little bit torn about because it was very unsportsmanlike, but at the same time, it maybe highlighted something for yourself to move into this year. And that was when all of the Chicago players surrounded Dakota when you were trying to give her the plays. 
is that something you've worked on and maybe now have a way of communicating with her in the huddle rather than having to get her to come to the sideline? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that was uh, such a big deal. Um, you know, we, we figured, you know, without we've been going through, you know, uh, hand signals and everything like that. But, you know, during that that aspect, you know, like I said, you know, whatever the the darling little little girls in Chicago feel like they need to do to, to grab a win, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, uh, if you're a champion, you ain't got to do all that. If you're a champion, you just go out there and you play football and you, you do what you got to do. Um, but, you know, like I said, I don't know whether that was something that they were just, you know, feel like they had to get an edge if they really didn't respect us or really didn't feel like they had to do, you know, uh, or just play simple football at the end of the day. But like I said, that's neither here or there. Uh, we're definitely here in 2015. And, uh, you know, we, we got us, we, we have all the, the talent, all the competitive fire, all the focus in the world that just needs to translate into a, a, a win and kind of a notch in our belt. Uh, you know, hand to Chicago their first loss uh, in quite some time. And like I said, I have the team, I have the coaching staff. We feel we have the game plan. Uh, we have the best quarterback in the league. Um, th- there's no doubt about it because like I said, you know, stat show and uh, what we're able to accomplish. And, you know, we have one of the best defenders uh, in the game, the two best safeties in the league. I mean, they, these are things we're not afraid of saying. I'm not afraid of saying as a head coach because I believe and I trust in this team uh, that come Mother's Day, I will walk off that field victorious. So we're coming at you, Chicago, period. Before we finish off, Coach, I actually just want to ask if it's okay to come back to your arena football. Actually, I'm a bit intrigued by this. So you say you've only just recently finished playing arena football. and What position were you playing and, and who did you play for? Yeah, um, you know, I quietly hung up my, I guess, I wouldn't, you wouldn't call them cleats in arena football. <laughs> yeah, I guess they were, you know, I wore, uh, you know, basketball shoes when I was playing. Um, but uh, I played, uh, you know, a couple stints in the AFL, uh, which is the uh, Arena Football League, a couple stints in the IFL, which, um, you know, definitely gave me some some great uh, insight. You know, it wasn't the NFL by any means, but for me, it was accomplishing a goal of playing professional football and getting a paycheck to, uh, you know, do what I love. And, you know, football had already given me a college education uh, at the University of Buffalo. And I took that where, you know, it may. And, you know, it had me bounce around the country a lot. So, you know, I was playing in, you know, Wichita, Kansas for a little bit. I had made a stop in uh, Cleveland, Ohio with the Gladiators of the AFL, made a stop in San Jose uh, with the Sabercats of the AFL. Um, you know, I traveled as far as to the, the outskirts of uh, Casper, Wyoming uh, to play uh, for the uh, Wyoming Cavalry in the IFL. So, um, you know, it's being able to play at a, at a high level when, you know, that's it. That was not too far ago. So that's it. That's why, uh, where you hear me talk, uh, when I talk about competitiveness and when I get into kind of a, a game mentality, it's, it's still very that much of a player, you know, and I think, uh, you know, maybe it doesn't come across well when, uh, I think other, maybe LFL athletes see, you know, oh, I don't want to play for that guy. But, uh, I think, you know, within this circle and for the players that know that that's not an all the time thing. Uh, from me because like I said there is structure organization focus a caring behind my competitiveness uh, you know they they support uh, whatever antics uh, they may see uh, on the sideline as I drive this team for victory I actually I'm oh, sorry Marcus oh, yeah so, I'm just so, going to bring you in actually Marcus sorry <laughs> talk to me Marcus come on man <laughs> talk to you. actually that was perfect because you just mentioned a little bit about your past and I've just got a quick cheeky question I want to ask hold on, hold on definition cheeky yeah you got this you got this UK guys or you, you got some slang in there somewhere I'm not too familiar about <laughs> we got talking. some slang we got we got we got our own mad skills. We can we can throw it down. <laughs> Sorry, what was the question? Again? My bad. Catch up with you in five years' time. Where are you going to be in five years' time, man? Um, in five years' time, I I think hopefully. That where would you want to be? Where would I want to be? 
Um, hopefully, yeah. uh, I think doing something that I love, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fitness director, uh, you know, during, you know, during the day as far as my day job and hopefully I can continue to grow with that. And, uh, you know, obviously I think I found such a passion, uh, for, for coaching that I, I didn't initially have. And, you know, I think maybe it's continue to grow, uh, with, with this league and continuing to teach women how to play football at an incredibly high level. Um, because I, you know, people have asked, you know, well, you know, uh, you should end up coaching, you know, somewhere else, or, you know, maybe, you know, you, you try, you know, going into, you know, collegiate coaching or high school coaching, you know, uh, you know, there's nothing, Marcus, there's nothing, uh, more unique than coaching, I think, in the LFL, because it comes with its own set and challenges. But at the same time, it's, it's so unique because you're teaching all these raw athletes that are hungry for knowledge and hungry to play a very male dominated sport. Um, and, you know, they want the knowledge then it's something that, uh, I've been able to really enjoy doing. So, you know, maybe five years time, you know, uh, you know, two or three legends cups later that, uh, you know, hopefully I, I want to be recognized as the, the best coach uh, in the LFL, uh, you know, five years from now. Um, same thing as, you know, I think, uh, you know, biz over in LA, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of hard work and I said a couple of legends cups titles to really make it, uh, so, but I want to be recognized as the best coach that this league has to offer. And, uh, that's it. You know, it's going to take a lot of hard work, but I think I'll, I'll get there. We'll get there. And just to finish up, Coach, please can I ask you to give our rookie listeners or people that may be new to the sport three reasons why they should start to slash continue watching the LFL? Oh, man, th- three reasons. Reason number one, pretty. Number Reason number two, strong. Reason number three, football. Um, <laughs> it's uh, definitely something that uh, is unlike anything. If you're a football fan, and you enjoy seeing the game played at a hard hitting level, um, with athletes that, like I said, just pour, uh, just a, such emotion out on the field. You know, I, I almost compare it to a uh, college football. I'm a big college football guy because, uh, you know, you see the passion that, that comes through from those, from those guys that, that really claw and scratch for every, uh, opportunity to play. And then claw and scratch out uh, when they're on the, uh, field when they're, you know, playing a football game. And uh, it's entertaining. Remember, football is a game. Football is a game. And hopefully we do a great job for our fans uh, providing some great entertainment, um, you know, alongside, you know, a good quality football product out on the field. So, um, you know, it's it's great, you know, all the way around. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for all those people listening right now and all those fans that are tuning in and watching our uh, games on TV. You know, you guys are the best fans and uh, we wouldn't be uh, in this position of growth without you guys. And that fan base is only continuing to grow. So don't keep us a secret. And on behalf of myself and Marcus and all of our listeners, Coach, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show today. And we wish you all the best with the rest of the season. Man, I appreciate it. This was fun. I'll be back soon, trust me. Excellent, thank you very much. Spunhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from myself and Marcus for another week. Marcus, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure, sir. No, pleasure's all mine, man. Thank you. 
On behalf of us and our listeners, I'd like to thank both Dakota Hughes and, or should I say, Dakota Manning Hughes and also Coach Dane Robinson for being on the show this week. We wish them all the best for the rest of the season. If you want to get in touch with us, remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. Don't forget, our shows are published on the LFL 360 website. That's www.lfl360.com. And when the show is published, you'll see a link to us in the main page. Or if you go to the radio link on the side, you'll see all of our previous shows as well. We are also available on Stitcher Radio. Our shows are downloadable from iTunes. Our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. I think that's about all the plugging I need to do. So (laughs) until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 